0: up everyone and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of lattes with lindsay our next guest is jess pemberton she is an athletic therapist and i have had the privilege of working with this wonderful woman of the cwhl level with
1: the brampton thunder but without further ado i'd love for her to introduce herself hi jess hey jess pemberton here i'm an athletic therapist massage therapist and i've got contemporary acupuncture from mcmaster underneath my belt um, other than that, I went to Brock for community health and then Sheridan for athletic therapy. So I'm basically, <laughs> I should be a doctor by now, but <laughs> not the case. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of my credentials. You wanted a, a fun fact, I believe. Yeah, man. What's a, what's a fun fact about you? Betty White is the most amazing person in the entire world. Yes. I have a sleeve of tattoos, but... If I ever got the chance to meet her, she would definitely be tattooed on my body.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Have you ever, like, got close to having an opportunity to meet her?
1: No, I have not. When I took my road trip, I was like, I'm going to find Betty White. And then down on, I think it's Santa Monica Pier, they've got, like, a list of celebrity addresses and stuff. And her address was there, but uh, I didn't end up doing it. I didn't end up trying to stalk her. (laughs)
0: But <laughs> honestly like it's crazy because i've been to la too and when you drive around like the celebrities houses and stuff and you're like oh i'm gonna see you know beyonce and jay-z's house but uh no you don't you see a massive wall and then behind the wall is like thousands of trees so there's no way you're ever gonna <laughs> see these people like i i wish i wish
1: yeah you know <laughs> you're not gonna see anything
0: <laughs> i know it's, it's the thought yeah. that counts right it's the effort that we put in but uh yeah that's awesome. That would be a sick goal i yeah Betty way, I feel like she has so much life under her belt that she could just tell you so many stories that you would probably would have no idea about <laughs> exactly with your profession, you know what is something that you would like the public to know about athletic therapy and you know kind of get into what really it is
1: all right, so athletic therapy, I kind of describe it to people that have no idea what it's about. It's it's like physiotherapy, massage therapy, and personal training, kind of wrapped up into one person, one professional. So you typically you come in if you have an hour long appointment with an athletic therapist, you have that athletic therapist attention for the entire time. So we can do assessments on the musculoskeletal system. So basically, you got a problem with your joint, whatever joint in the body it is, we assess it. Um, We come up with an index of suspicion, basically say okay. We've done this test, this test, and it says it's this. We've done this test and this test to rule things out. So we're pretty confident that this is what's going on. So then what we do is we we create a rehab program or a treatment plan that uh, has, at the beginning stages of things, it'll have more kind of hands-on manual treatment. And then as you kind of get a little bit better, we love, love, love to get into active therapy so exercise it's the it's the best as um amanda hall says motion is lotion so you're exercising you're moving you're getting blood pumping to the body and that in turn helps you right so we prefer the active kind of therapy side of things but we actually have so many different tools in our tool belt a lot of us aren't just solely athletic therapists we go out and we do We do our RMT, we do acupuncture, we just take courses upon courses anytime we can to just kind of keep our education up to date. Um, So yeah, a a big thing that uh, people don't know is that athletic therapy, they just assume that it's only for athletes, but it's literally for anybody. That's awesome.
0: And And those are all really good things to know because there's so many confusing things with the word athletic therapy because it doesn't always pertain to athletes. Um, it does pertain to everyone, uh, which is awesome. So, you know, you kind of answered the next question, which was perfect, because, you know, if it is strictly for athletes, what would be things that you would do for athletes in regards to those treatments?
1: Any, anybody in the pot, like literally anybody that's sore, achy, that's just actually had a mechanism to hurt themselves. Like, like we kind of dig into the past history to figure out what could potentially be causing this like chronic pain for people. Um, we also deal with people that have gone through surgeries and joint replacements. So maybe they were athletes at one point, but right now, since they need a knee replacement, <laughs> they're not currently athletes, right? Um, so the difference kind of is gonna be is gonna be functional movements. So a lot of the time, it's we want to get you back to whatever you're doing, stronger, more mechanically sound and just better overall. And so when it's when it comes down to an athlete, it's what's their sport, what's their position, how much are their training, what's their actual injury, and kind of combining all that into figuring out what's their rehab program. So, for example, since we both were hockey together, let's use hockey. So you think about a hockey player that's kind of crouched down so their hip flexors are tight their back is tight, that whole thing. They're always shooting one way. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to figure out what's the injury. Is it a hip flexor injury? We have to – is it a shoulder injury? We have to kind of dive into that and go, what's your position? If it's a goalie, rehab is going to be completely different than if it's um, offensive or defensive defenseman, right? So just actually tailoring, tailoring our, our rehab program – to include more sports specific movement is, is where we kind of, uh, excel at. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's the greatest part, because even if you do specialize with athletes, most of the time, you know, when you go back to the general public, sometimes that assessment that you do is so much faster because with athletes, you have to think quick on your feet and you have to really do things like immediately because they want answers ASAP. So, um, You know, sometimes that does have pros when you go back to working with the general public because the assessments are very, very efficient. And, you know, with you talking about the health history as well as like their past and, you know, whether it's an injury that they've had from sports or just a fall that they've had, you know, having their health history very thorough and deep with all their injuries from their past is so important. Do you you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. Injuries will stack upon injuries and just keep going a lot of us, like, we'll, we'll roll an ankle and then stay off of it for a day or two and then just get right back into running or doing whatever we're doing, right? But the damage to the tissue has already happened, and the body is so amazing at compensating for that injury. So you sprain an ankle, cool. You don't treat it, you don't strengthen it, you don't rehab it. Well, that's going to creep up to your knee because you've got your calf that's attached actually to the back of your knee. and then the back of your leg you got your hamstring actually crossing over your knee down to down towards your calf so now you got a whole thing issue going right up to your hip and typically like what comes first kind of like the ankle foot or the hips kind of thrown out it's it's one of those like puzzle pieces of trying to figure out where do we correct first right and 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 that sort of thing but yeah um athletes athletes in particular i find are challenging in a very good way because they are very finely tuned. They know their bodies. They can come to me and say, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. I have to think outside of the box because when somebody comes to me and like points at their their arm and says, it hurts here, it might not be coming from there. It's probably coming from somewhere else, but athletes have a really good like sense of knowing their bodies because they've been training pretty much their whole lives. Like, like our girls on the hockey team, right? Some of them are Olympians. Like they're going to know what's going on with their body because they're so in tune. And then bringing that back to the public, the language that you speak with those finely tuned athletes versus the general public that doesn't necessarily know what they're feeling or, or whatnot it, it has to change a little bit so you have to kind of describe more and kind of go fishing a little bit more with the general public right and try to kind of coach them and say is it this is it this is it this how do you feel is it this way that, you know <laughs> like trying to kind of fish that stuff out so so yeah it's, it's definitely pretty cool. like you you get quick on your toes you got to be thinking on your toes when you're working with the the uh, elite level athletes And it definitely helps when you're when you're with kind of the general population oh yeah Um, i
0: i find with the general population it's all about the diagrams (laughs) it's all about
1: the diagrams (laughs) oh for sure i found a lot of general population will come to me and say oh my knee hurts i went to the doctor and they just said to come to you or they've gone somewhere else and they didn't get they didn't get treated but they're just like yeah my knee hurts it's like okay but what did people say to you like was wrong and i think a big a big pro to my practice is i will definitely pull up my phone or whatever is easily accessible and say this right here is what's what i think is going on um even explaining like medical imaging to people they're like i don't even know like there's too many words it's like okay if you're able to actually teach somebody what's wrong with them and they can explain it to somebody else, I think that in itself is a fantastic component to actually accelerating rehab because they know what's going on. They understand. And then they also trust you to kind of help them get better. Big time. And
0: and I think the the thing with the diagrams though, is that they can visually see that and then they can actually apply it to their own bodies. Like I think, that's the key component of explaining and doing your assessments thoroughly and, and helping them understand, okay, like if we are talking about the calf, you know, it's, there's a couple muscles in the calf, but this is the specific muscle that you're getting the most effects from. So then when they come back in, they can say, oh, you know how you were saying that attachment site at my, you know, at my heel is, is supposed to be maybe firing. Now I'm starting to feel it, or now it's released or whatever it is. So definitely I, I agree with that. And I think you know, going back into the treatments that athletic therapists do, and you were mentioning that it's kind of like a physio massage and personal trainer blended into one, what type of modalities or um, kind of treatments that you would specifically get into for for any type of person coming in for a treatment? Yeah, so we literally use
1: (laughs) a lot of things. We've got ultrasound, we've got IFC, we have NEMS, like a neuromuscular stimulation unit, TENS, a lot of kind of pain, swelling, um, modulators, right? So when, when an injury first happens, the key to it is to let it happen, but you have to control the process. So for example, if you've got somebody that's like sprained their ankle to the point they had to go get x-rays, but the x-rays say they're negative. So it's not a break. It's not a fracture. It's just a really gnarly like golf ball (laughs) or baseball sized ankle, right? You start out with maybe some ultrasound but also like more specifically the other kind of modality is we use massage we use our hands um, just to guide the inflammation and do that sort of thing so we use our hands a fair amount again at the beginning of like injury um so hands-on kind of treatment to kind of guide that inflammation out we can do some muscle activation elsewhere. And then it's just like the basic exercises. It's the passive range of motion. So like me moving their joint around, it's the active range of motion, them moving their joint around. It's isometrics, concentrics, eccentrics. It's a lot of it's actually exercise and like correcting. So like correcting um, certain imbalances, right? So if their pelvis is off, We can do a little bit of muscle energy or a little bit of a technique to kind of get their pelvis to kind of come back to being level, which will then, of course, trickle down to their ankles and their feet and help them kind of function better and biomechanically move better, right? A lot of the things that we do are kind of that hands-on whatever treatment technique that we find needs to be done in order to correct something um, or guide guide the stage of healing in the way we need it to go as well as we do have the ultrasound, we do have those sort of modalities, the typical ones, um, and then exercise. Exercise is our biggest one, I find anyways, it's for for me.
0: It's how long would like the first assessment be versus like the continuing treatments? Like for massage, as, as you know, you know, it goes from 30 minutes, 45 to an hour. So what is it typically for like an athletic therapy treatment?
1: It's in and around the same actually. So I like to take an hour for an assessment And then at that point, kind of figure out how long are we gonna need to do all the things that we have to do. Typically, at the beginning, you're looking at probably another an additional half an hour, couple treatments after that, because you're not gonna be doing a ton of work, because there's probably a lot of inflammation, a little like swelling that we have to kind of control and manage, and then little exercises. So, if you're thinking about an ankle, you you do the entire hour long assessment which includes uh, like you had mentioned earlier an extensive health history form right mm-hmm. because if we if we've had somebody that's like just walked off a sidewalk and rolled their ankle that's completely different than somebody coming into us and saying hey my ankle hurts i don't know what i did so now it's like the puzzle we got to dig real deep and figure things out and actually a lot of times i find that maybe third or fourth session i may have another question that comes up or they might just go, Hey, you know what? I've been thinking about the questions that you've asked me and actually I did roll my ankle two weeks ago. (laughs) It's like, okay, cool. Well, there, there we go. You know, like just things like that. So yeah, it's typically that first, the first hour is the assessment. I mean, if I have, um, if I have more time, I'll do a little bit more, but usually doesn't expand more than an hour 15 just to kind of get everything, everything in there and then plan for half an hour or an hour depending on uh, what the injury is and what kind of the rehab and the treatment plan I have for them would be.
0: Yeah. I find that every healthcare professional I talk to, they always say that they get the, the health history from the client. And then when they get them on the table and they start stretching them out and they're like, Oh oh yeah, I you know what? I actually broke my ankle twice, you know, around five years ago. You know, and, and I, I think I'm feeling it now, you know, it's just like every time. Every time. (laughs) So health history is everything, everything, no
1: matter when it was, put it on the health history. (laughs) Absolutely. And one of my main questions is, have you, have you been in a motor vehicle accident? Have you been in a car accident? I swear to goodness, I'd say maybe 80% of the time people are like, nope, I'm good. I go, okay. Have you been in like a minor fender bender? Oh yeah, totally okay what happened to the car that oh, was a total write-off yeah, you didn't, you didn't feel the oh, okay so <laughs> the force that created your car to like smush up d- that didn't touch you at all while you were in the car <laughs> and that's the, that's absolutely the conversation I have with them and I'm like okay so you think about it you got a seatbelt. if you're a driver you got a seatbelt coming from your left shoulder down to your right hip if you get hit right in your sternum is where that kind of that seatbelt crosses your your spine basically if you get hit you're rotating around that and that goes through your spine and that goes through literally everything
0: everything
1: (laughs) yes everything if your head gets whipped back and forth like it it goes through everything that's the thing about like i said touched on before the body's compensation like the ability to compensate for everything is insane and so amazing. So you have people that go, yeah, no, I walked away from that. No problem. I go, well, your body's definitely compensating somehow. And it's now just kind of caught up to you probably.
0: Yeah. All those little cobwebs slowly start to stick together and they, you know, restrict you later down the road. And, you know, you wonder why that happens. And it's like, well, remember that thing that (laughs) (laughs) happened like five years ago? It's back. (laughs) You've had such an incredible career thus far you you've you know like working with you and everything it's been truly an honor because you know you've taught me so much about so many things about your field as well as our field together we're both massage therapists so you know with your career what is what has been truly the best part of it thus far because I know you've got a long way to go but um you know what is what is something with perhaps like the general public as well as an athlete you know aspect of it
1: that's been the best um you know what i'll say there's a couple of things that kind of come to mind initially i'll start off with the more sour of the notes <laughs> so my mom had a, a, her knee replaced and then i think it was it might have been a year or two later she fell on black ice and broke they called it her hip but it was like a little bit up, up into her femur uh trochanter kind of came off and, and whatnot but anyways oh dear <laughs> That and actually my cousin put some Tupperware on the stairs when she went upstairs, didn't think about it, came downstairs, slipped on it. And like her whole tib fib just, it, it was a mountain. Like it wasn't, it, it was not straight. It was a mountain. You know what I mean? Um, so I've been lucky enough to be able to be that person for my family That. Nine times out of 10, again, they're not going to be going to somebody three, four times a week. But since I'm li- I am have easy access to them, it's like, hey, you doing this? Hey, you doing this? Come see me. You Haven't seen you in a while. Like, I'm really on them. And I've actually been lucky enough, and I'm super proud to say that my mom, after her knee replacement surgery, as well as after her traumatic hip fracture surgery, um, both times a month to the day I brought her back to her gym and she got on the like the walking striding elliptical thing that she's on there for an hour on the best incline uh my mom's, my mom's in her 70s now but like still she goes to the gym Wow, five, four or five days a week like she's she's good but she's also like that type of person that's like a bull and you tell her to do something, she's gonna do it. So she's gonna make me look real good. <laughs> you know? I love that. I love she's that. She's gonna make me look real good. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like uh, the other the other kind of uh, pieces that come into my mind are um, I've had some people um, come to me kind of reconnect with me actually one person in particular reconnect with me and just say you yeah, know I just kinda of wanna work out I just want to feel better. So, I've been with her for a few years now, a few years, training her, getting her strong, and she's added a few more people into our like repertoire, and one of them actually just had her knee replaced. So who's going and like doing post surgical stuff with her and making sure she can actually do stuff, right? Um, as well as well, she brought in somebody that had a complicated knee surgery, so Story kind of goes, had her knee surgery, went to rehab. They couldn't, they eventually eventually got stuck kind of at 90 degrees or, or less. Um, had to go in for manipulation, so she gets put under surgeon, just cranks on her knee and rips all the scar tissue. Um, and then she comes out of that, and she's still only around like just less than 90 degrees. Gets to me, I'd say, two months after that, she would. Go up and down the stairs, kind of one foot at a time, not like a regular one foot and then the next foot on the next stair, like that sort of thing is one foot on one stair, bring that second foot up. Um, There was, so I was working on her manual therapy exercise, and I was doing a little bit of acupuncture on her. And I still remember the day where she ran down my stairs into my office and she's like, look, look, I can actually, I can actually do the stairs. So she's like, it, she's like, I don't know what happened. And I, it's one of those things, right? Where you kind of tell people, hey, bear with it. Cause you're going to wake up one day and you're just going to go, wow, like I'm so far ahead. And that's exactly what happened. So like, that's been a pretty cool experience too. Other than that, I mean, like athlete wise, like when uh, the last year I worked with the hockey team, Um, we were in the championship game and all of my athletes, all of them were healthy. There was probably six of them on the side, on the side in their uniforms, ready to go. Right. And that's what March, I think, I think it's in March. And in December, I had a girl basically go into the boards so hard with her knee that like, it was almost like she could, like, put her skate towards her head. Like, that's kind of what her knee did in a very awkward position. Whatever your brain is doing right now, that's how awkward it was. <laughs> but literally, championship game, everybody's healthy, and we won. We got a freaking ring out of it. Like, that, like, getting to know those girls and having them, like, as family. And, and again, like, I didn't really know hockey, but I got to love hockey. And I mean, the Olympians on the team, like, sweetest humans, like, I've ever, I've ever even met. Like, you look at some, some, you think, as an outsider, all these people, like, they're, they're probably, like, stuck up or, like, whatever, because they're professional athletes. You think about that, all sports, right? Our girls, so mm-hmm. approachable, like, just amazing, super human beings. And, and I, I freaking love that. So getting to know them was was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, I just I just loved how humble they were because when you went in and treat them, you know, there were definitely a few of them that were always saying like thank you, you know what? Like I actually felt that like a difference on the ice or you know, I like I need that stretch every game now because, you know, it's in their head that it helps and it works and you just do it because that's what works. So yeah, the Markham Thunder, that was that and the fact that you got a ring out of it, that's super special. You know, hockey is definitely a beautiful sport. Every sport is beautiful, but I, I agree. I'm I'm definitely team hockey, low key. <laughs> so,
1: low key team hockey. Yeah. And it was it, I mean it was it was also great like working with you cuz I at that point I don't think I was technically a massage therapist, but we still had like kind of very similar skill sets, right? but my my professional and personal opinion is absolutely every single profession out there has a time and a place 100%. So stepping on people's toes and going no I'm better you're going to just only see me is just not not how I roll. So like it was amazing cuz you were there we were able to like bounce ideas off of each other and it was like hey you've done her treatment before you want to do the same thing go for it I'm going to do this like it was just such a team like you and I were like a team and like tackling everything. It just went really smoothly. It was pretty awesome. I miss, I definitely miss, definitely miss working with you. <laughs> oh,
0: I, I miss it too, man. Honestly, like that was, those were the years because I, you weren't a massage therapist yet, but like you were picking my brain. I was definitely picking your brain. Like it was, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, like I, I actually had Mary on the other day and um, we were talking about how teamwork is really how Healthcare professionals really thrive because you're right. Each and every one of them have a time and a place. And it doesn't mean that one's better than the other. It's just what that athlete needs in that moment could be you or could not be you. And that's fine. But you are still such a huge part of that team that at the end of the day, you, you matter. You know what I mean? So it's, I agree hundred percent. When you decided to, you know, continue with, with athletic therapy and then you went into massage how long was the athletic therapy program for students who are curious about it?
1: So sharing program is actually pretty phenomenal. Um, Like hands down, like the best experience I've had the best four years I've had. So I could have gone in because I had a degree already. I could have applied to go and enter into second year. Um, I decided just to kind of, well, I decided I wanted to try to play basketball. So I went in first year because the program is very intense. And I was like, you know, if I'm going to, Be able to play first year is probably the only time I'm going to be able to play uh, because I take my studies kind of pretty seriously and they kind of come first. Right. So um, it's a four year program. Um, Things have changed a little bit with like certification exam. Um, So in order to become certified, you have to um, graduate from an accredited program. Um, York has a combo, I believe, with kinesiology. And then there's Mount Royal College. I'm not going to say the province because I don't want to screw it up, but it's a year, I believe, a full year of advanced standing. So you have to have a really good degree with a bunch of anatomy and a bunch of stuff that's kind of already required of it. Um, I think there's one in Montreal as well, maybe Concordia, not too sure. Um, But but Sheridan is very, very well known throughout the entire sort of small-ish athletic therapy community. Um, so yeah, it, it took me four years. Almost took me longer because I was in a car accident uh, just in my after. Actually, two days prior to my second year final exams. It's yeah, it's, it was got it got pretty intense. So yeah, in the books <laughs> as the plan goes, it's four years. <laughs> it, it it takes it takes some people a little bit longer than that, depending on their circumstances and what's going on. It's a pretty pretty heavy program. And that's why I think it's so it's so respected because people have gone through it and know a lot of the work that needs to go into it. They don't let you slide. You got to do the work you got to put it in and they've got to be completely confident in you in order for you to pass and and kind of graduate from the program.
0: Yeah I everyone I talk to Sheridan has always been the number one go-to for athletic therapy. It's it's uh, I always hear about how good the educators are, the program overall, the actual hands-on experience, the tape jobs. I, you know, everyone I talk to, Sheridan, is definitely the way to go. You know, when you were reflecting on those four years, was there something that you wished the school maybe taught more on or something that you took after school upon yourself to learn
1: more about? Um. You know, I think they've adjusted things in the curriculum itself um, just to kind of better prepare people for kind of going into the exam a little bit. I I personally love fieldwork and love emergency situations. And we got a lot of that early on, but kind of closer to like fourth year, it was kind of became a little bit more clinical. That's just the personal preference for me. I just kind of wanted the more emergency stuff throughout just to kind of keep me really engaged and really focused. Um, they do teach some massage techniques, um, because that's just our, our kind of tools with our hands and stuff. So when I did the massage after it was a a quick advanced standing program, um, out in Stony Creek. So it it didn't take me a ton of time. I think it might've been eight months to a year. I can't fully remember. Um, and I mean, acupuncture, I kind of did that because acupuncture is not in the scope of an athletic therapist but it's in the scope of practice for a massage therapist. Right. So, I mean, other than that, just kind of keeping an eye out for like interesting things, like interesting courses that kind of come up with concussion, especially because of my history with concussion. I kind of reached out to like a couple of those like symposiums and like (laughs) online things to just kind of wrap my head a little bit more around the concussion aspect. I mean, even without, without, me experiencing it and like kind of diving into other avenues of it as an athletic therapist going through school we are taught so much about how to handle concussion how to kind of um recognize and how to treat um, so literally it's super vital that athletic therapists be in the scene of rugby hockey literally any sport because you never know what's going to happen right think speed skating you don't necessarily think anything, but when those people crash and they smoke their heads or they maybe go head first in the boards, then you need something like that, right? It's always, it's always that kind of um, that uh, weighted scale of is something going to happen? Is it not? But better to be prepared 100% with people that actually know how to handle those situations. I, I remember working a hockey tournament. There was like 101 teams um, it was pretty pretty crazy and uh, my buddy Michael and I handled um, a suspected spinal on ice uh, yeah it was it was pretty interesting. we handled that we actually um, ruled out the spinal started talking about concussion but we were able to get that person up off the ice and have the the games continue so like as if it was like kind of pretty seamless right we also have the ability to go okay yeah this could be a potential spinal let's what do we have to do do we have to roll them over safely like what do we have to do right so we're prepared for literally anything and i freaking love that about this profession um hence why i wish there was a little bit more emergency stuff throughout the whole thing because that's what i like that's what i devour right and just experiencing all the field work afterwards and just continuing to work it, you, you, you don't really necessarily see the same injury twice. Like you see variations of it. You see similar stuff happening, but any day you go and walk onto a field, onto a pitch, onto, um, into the rink, you never know what's going to happen. You never know.
0: You, you really don't. And it's, it's so funny because I had um, an athlete ask me once if, um, I drink a lot of coffee before a game and I was just like why and they're just like because you have to be like on like the whole game and they're just like are you not exhausted after the game and crazy enough like you are tired after a game because you know when I was in Israel we had like a a situation like that where you know I was assessing a concussion on the sidelines and then two seconds later there's a whistle that goes off and this coach is yelling at me saying there's another player down I'm just like Come on. So, you know, I jump on the ice, I run on the ice, I check out this this athlete completely knocked out. You know, what do I do? So, you know, and sometimes it puts you in such a tough position because you know what you're doing, but then all of a sudden, like the paramedics from these major games come out and they don't speak English. And you're trying to tell them, okay, like I need you to do this, but they're already doing what they know because they're paramedics. And it's like, It's like, it it is such an adrenaline rush. So I I 100% agree with you that, you know, having that experience and that knowledge from either school or, you know, extra credits, I guess you would call them is so key because you really do not know uh, what can happen inside or outside, you know, of sports. So (laughs) I completely agree. So you know, you graduate school, you gain all this experience. You know, you 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 go and work with all these different athletes as well as the general public. Now that you're in your you know, your field and you're kind of going through it, what is one of the biggest mentors that you have in the field or not in the field that has really put an impact on on your life?
1: Um, there's a handful actually, and I think a lot of it revolves around my car accident, and they picked me up really well um so i think it was the day after i came in because i had a meeting with somebody and and she was like uh yeah you need to go talk to laurianne so laurianne Hines is a amazing athletic therapist she was my emergency kind of uh teacher so i sat there i'm an emotional person anyways but concussed super emotional so i just I sat down, she handed me a box of Kleenex and was like, what's going on? (laughs) So she was kind of like my first contact to let me know that you're going to be okay. This program is here to support you. Right. And, and throughout, throughout kind of, uh, my, uh, my, Interesting little field experiences that I get. Like I'll take a picture of a gnarly injury or something. I'm like, Gloria, look. <laughs> Send it to her. Why do I love those um, so much? I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, right? We're weird. We're weird. <laughs> there was um so once I got back, once I got back, uh third year, um, I had I had a very difficult time processing new information. So new information kind of came in and then just was gone. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: So, um, my teacher at the time, Elsa Arechio was, she was, she's one of those people that you, you don't slack off with. She respects you as long as you're putting in that work. And that's how I am now too. Like, if you're going to screw, screw around, then if you're not going to study for things and you're not taking this profession seriously, then I don't, I'm not going to put in any time. Right. She is uh, an amazing individual. Um, I ended up, Failing her class. And in athletic therapy, you have a practical component and a written component, and you have to get a 60% on both at minimum to pass the course. I want to say I got a 59.6. Damn. (laughs) Right? A 59.6. And she had a meeting with her because I failed, right? Had a meeting with her, and I was like, okay, what? Like, I'm done. Like, I'm screwed. Like life is over. Like I'm post concussion now. And I'm just like, my life is over. Like being dramatic about it all. Right. Um, she hands me the test. She's like, find something. I need you to find a mark. So super supportive, trying to do anything she could in order to support me because I wasn't that kid that slacked off or, or did anything like that. Right. I was that person that was trying to do something and, and she, <laughs> Still makes me a little bit emotional today, but she looked at me and said, if you had not had this car accident, you wouldn't be in this position. So I'm fighting for you. I love that. I love that. She's just an individual that will never know how much I appreciated and needed that love in a time that I didn't even know that I needed it. You know what I mean? So both of those two kind of really helped me at the beginning. Uh, Mike Racine ended up being my SAT, so supervisory athletic therapist, really chill guy. Um, He ended up actually taking over the emergency courses once Lorian went to York University. Um, Mike has been amazing to this date. I can reach out to him and say, hey, like, you know, this and this he's like yeah no and like we'll have a conversation about it and and it's it's so easy to have like that relationship with him where he's just like no you're good like you did everything right like calm down like you're cool (laughs) and just have that reassurance right (laughs) or even just kind of say hey how's it going like kind of shoot shoot the shit so to speak um and the last person i would say is um so once i got to third year university I had a new lab partner from that point on in my career. So the rest of AT massage, she was my lab partner. She knew everything about me. She knew when I was getting a migraine. She knew when the post-concussion stuff was happening. She knew how to treat me. She knew how to talk to me. She knew just knew freaking everything. So to this day we have like a group chat of hey, this is happening, this is happening, like that sort of thing. Uh, Steph O'Neill Beetham is top-notch one of the most amazing people athletic therapists massage therapists i know i would go to her in a in an instant to get treated um so those are my people that like looking back just briefly like those are my highlighted people that even today if i were to reach out to them one of them all of them they'd have no problem talking to me about whatever's going on um and that i think that. I think we can tie that back to the Sheridan family because Sheridan becomes a family. You know what I mean? Like we just kind of have that respect for each other, that love for each other, that appreciation for each other when we're all trying to work for the same goal of like building up athletic therapy. So that's kind of those, those people are, are my people.
0: (laughs) I love that. I honestly, that's why I love asking that question because it's so important to have inspirations uh, from other people or mentors, because at the end of the day, those are the people that inspire you to push yourself to be better or, you know, find things about you that you have no idea what skill sets you have and they bring it out in you sometimes. And it's, it's a natural moment. And I, I love it. I love having that, you know, question out there.
1: Absolutely. And it's, it's also one of those things when, when you, like in, in my case, I was ready to give up on myself but there were people that were not going to let me do that they were going to show me you can do this you're appreciated you're you're loved you're cared for like let me build you up while you can't build yourself up and then by the time we've built you up or helped you build yourself up you don't need us you're kind of soaring on your own right so like that's the I just freaking love that in in any person in any profession in like <laughs> anything that's pretty awesome Yep. yeah
0: Yeah, well, we are certainly happy that you finished your schooling because, you know, you're here telling us your story and and we couldn't be more proud for you. And we appreciate you taking the time to be on this podcast and educate us on what athletic therapy is and your story. And and, uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope that you guys all have a great day and stay positive.